Dan, so glad we were able to meet today. Thanks for coming over. Whoa, what's that? Pretty awesome, right? It's my new FlexiSpot E7 Pro Plus standing desk. Goes from sitting to standing with the push of a button. You know, I've been thinking about getting a desk like that. I have back pain from being in a chair all day. But I feel like they're either cheap and flimsy or crazy expensive. That's why I went with FlexiSpot. This desk is super sturdy but totally affordable. The base is made of automotive-grade carbon steel. Sit on it. Okay. Hey, this is cool. All right, I want in on one of these. Where do I find FlexiSpot? Just go to their website, FlexiSpot.com. And go right now because they're giving an extra $80 off their already low prices. Go to FlexiSpot.com and use code 80OFF to get an extra $80 off the E7 Pro Plus standing desk. Backed by an industry-leading 15-year warranty. Don't wait. This special offer will not last long. Go to FlexiSpot.com and use code 80OFF. That's F-L-E-X-I-S-P-O-T.com. Go to FlexiSpot.com now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. These guys are brave! They're Hawkeyes, living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their prime, but they're still Hawkeyes! They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska! The Frost Advisory is cancelled! Corn Huskers? More like corn shuffles. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go, Hawks! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawks Nest. Make sure to like and subscribe all of our videos so you can get all the updates on the latest and greatest Iowa Hawkeye interviews that we get to do. Stopping by the Nebraska Hawks Nest today is former Iowa running back Jordan Kanziri. What's going on, man? Hey, not too much. Uh, Having a great day and happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Still looking suave as usual, man. Getting out of college, you you haven't aged a day. Still looking strong. (laughs) <laughs> I wish my knees would say the same, but uh, you know, I'm happy that age has been well with me, at least so far. A hell of a lot better with you than it has me. It's kicking my ass right now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, I'll paste the old white guy right here. They're like, um, uh, what did I, I, need I-, I know I do, too. I need it really bad. I was starting to, it's starting to get like right at that point of the year where, you know, you start to get that seasonal depression. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I got to get outside and do something, especially with COVID and everything. It was driving me freaking nuts. Oh yeah, much needed, and especially up in uh upstate New York where I'm at right now. I mean, hometown. We have not one, not two, but probably like three winters. Like you think it's starting to get warm, then all of a sudden, bop, back to snow. So it's yeah, be- can't wait for the summer. It's beautiful up there, though. I've I've been mm-hmm. up there a handful of times, and it is a it's a beautiful part of the country. For I think a lot of people that haven't been to New York are like, oh, it's New York City, and there's nothing else. Like it's some of the most beautiful country in the whole entire. United States. It's it's amazing out there. Oh, well, glad you see it. You know, it's something that I've always thought and advocated. And I mean, the fall, all the leaves that change and the colors, it's amazing. But uh, yeah, nothing like it. But um, uh, Iowa still is someplace that I miss and make sure I visit frequently. I want to ask you about your process of ending up at Iowa with your recruitment out of out of Troy. Uh, I w- wanted to know what what schools were really hard after you, and uh, what other schools did you really consider other than Iowa? So I actually had you know um, <laughs> weird journey. I'd say uh, 
I was at a point where it was getting towards the end of my senior year and not much was really gaining traction for me. Um, we went to our state championship, which gets uh, housed in the Carrier Dome of Syracuse, and the coaches said that they were going to be there to watch the game. And I, we lost, you know, definitely was a, a tough loss, but I had three touchdowns, like 230 yards, something like that. And no coach was there. My coach went around trying to look, find somebody, no one's there. So, you know, that sucked. And um, had D3, even like D2 schools that would come in, look me up and down and be like, sorry, uh, you're not big enough or you're not this type of size we're looking for. And it wasn't until a little later that, um, I started getting a little more buzz. We have a good D1 AA school right by me. Um, U Albany Great Danes, um, had like uh, Wagner down, um, down in, uh, and in New York City. And then not till a little later, I had like Pitt that reached out, but coach got fired for um, mm-hmm. personal reasons. So that ended up falling out. And then uh, what it came down to was Iowa and UConn. I had a verbal commit to Villanova because they told me if I didn't say yes by the end of that weekend, that they would take away the scholarship. So <laughs> I had to say, yeah. But um, I know they're not really too happy with Iowa. I think it's me, Mike Daniels, and uh, Greg Castillo that uh, were uh, taken from them. But, um, yeah, it was UConn and Iowa. And uh, it was all grace that my film even ended up on uh, Coach O'Keefe's uh, desk. So um, I got to say thank you to a coach named Dan Berkowitz. He uh, helped me out a lot, really. He saw that I wasn't getting a lot of buzz and watched me play in the state championship and state championship run and sent some of my film out without even hitting me up yet. So, you know, a lot of kudos to him and he's a great family friend now. Uh, what what was the biggest difference coming from the East Coast to the Midwest? Because I know just from my time out there, there's some differences I and mean, there's some great things. And, and there's some things where, I mean, the drivers are way more aggressive out there. I've got, I got flipped off more times than I can count when I was yep. driving. I think people sometimes <laughs> just flip each other off for sport when they're driving around. Uh, what what was the biggest challenge and you know biggest difference you you noticed from coming out from the east coast well commenting on that point i think it's just you know the east coast were just very fast paced uh, so much going on everyone's got to be somewhere and like way too quick and uh it was funny where it was like the first time coming back home from being in iowa city my freshman year and i was just like trying to think about like how to like kind of give a difference of what it's like and for people even back home. And I remember getting off my flight and I actually had to go into New York City for some reason um, and drive up home and I just get out. And as soon as I get out the terminal and outside waiting for my uh, dad to pick me up, I see two guys are forget you, buddy. F you, buddy. I was just screaming at each other. I'm like, ah, good to be home. (laughs) But um, in Iowa, I would just say things were a little more chillax, slow, and definitely with um, speech. I didn't really acknowledge or like feel it until I got home, but people said that I spoke a lot slower when I would come back home. Uh, People just in Iowa city, I guess like, and I even heard it from people out there. Like you talk really fast. I'm like, that's just feels normal to me. I don't know what you're talking about, but I guess that's really what it is. You know, just low key, things a little more slowed down, not much, you know, going on as I guess, huge types of buildings, but, when football comes around, when wrestling comes around, when the sports are involved, and then it just becomes a whole nother atmosphere. So a real cool experience. Yeah, I felt like when I was out there, it was almost like a novelty act that, you know, people would be like, you have an accent. And I'm like, I've never really thought that before. I never really mm-hmm. realized I did have an accent. And, you know, I suppose you get used to hearing the same type of people every day that, you know, somebody like me that comes out there, that yeah. it, <laughs> it, stood, it stood out a little bit to them. So, um, what in the um on in the recruitment process what was it about Iowa that uh made it different and made it feel like home to you mm-hmm. uh i mean what really stood out to me was the amount of people who just reached out when i committed uh the just random people fans um you know, longtime Iowa Hawkeye fans that just reached out and were just like, oh, happy to have you. Can't wait. Just like to have that type of um, welcoming, which is really nice. And um, as well, just when I went there, I fell in love with the stadium um, for a guy coming from where I was in small town, uh, city, Troy, 
you know, our hometown bleachers on our home sideline held maybe like 350, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe full a thousand both sides, people around the fences. So to walk into Kinnick stadium and just see how large it was, it was like, okay, this definitely is a place that I feel that I can play at. And, um, you know, for me, it was, uh, it was also a challenge that I wanted to take head on. And with the opportunity that I had a lot of people from back home, you know, uh, people close to me, people not that were saying you probably won't play until your junior year most likely senior but maybe junior i don't know if you should go out there that's big time football and i was like all right i'll prove people wrong that's that's fine with me and uh you know got the opportunity worked my tail off and you know coach ferentz granted me the start in the oklahoma insight bowl and you know the rest is history so it's it's just something you just can't forget playing in a stadium like that we were all excited to see a breakthrough because we'd seen little glimpses of you that we were like, all right, this guy's, this guy's going to do some damage when he gets out there. It was just, you played almost angry the way that you ran, like you were pissed off and you had a chip on your shoulder and you're going to lay some wood to people. And I freaking love that. I thought that was awesome. You weren't afraid of contact and, but you also could, you know, juke someone out and get away from them too. So you had a really nice, balance there what what all the, all the really good backs need mm-hmm. uh i want to ask ask you about that uh 2014 season that was a it's a frustrating year for all of us um <clears throat> if you could walk us through how that year really transpired and then um going into the tax layer bowl against tennessee and none of us really saw that coming i i've talked to some other players about that and they felt as well as the fans, especially that we were going to handle, handle it and, and hand mm-hmm. it to the volunteers. And it just did not go our way at all. Yeah. It was a real tough year, a lot of close losses, but um, towards that tail end. Yeah. Just uh, we started out great. And then towards the end of the season, we were losing those close games and then to come at the tax layer bowl and what uh, kind of went down and transpired, it was painful. Um, even knowing that I had an extra year left to see the guys around the locker room, a majority that I came in with, you know, my freshman year, I was able to play right away. So I didn't have that red shirt. And a lot of guys that, you know, I think it was, I'm not sure about afterwards, but I remember that freshman year, we were being told that, you know, it was like the most freshman playing under Ference in that time. And like to that point in time, it is coaching. I'm pretty sure. Um, and so a lot of those guys were leaving, gone, guys that I came with since freshman year, and that broke me. And then also guys who, you know, some that are still in the league right now, like Christian Kirksey, Anthony Hitchens, like guys who just gave everything they had, guys that I'm still close with, even like Mark Weissman, who were just great role models, hardworking individuals, and just guys that you wanted to wear that Iowa jersey, you know, I felt just came up short. Like we, you know they deserved a much better ending than what that season kind of transpired to and came out to. So that definitely was a great part of what kind of fueled us into that next season of 2015. Cause we saw what those guys did. We saw the bar that they set and how great of athletes and great people that they were. And we saw the way that season went. So we were like, okay, if those guys did what they did, we got to go even above and beyond and find out that other extra way that we can make sure, you know, the season goes a little more in our favor. I talked to Cole Fisher about this. Um, he was actually on my flight on the way home cause I was coming back mm-hmm. to Omaha. And so was he that, um, it was just, you know, he, he felt like almost like a deer in the headlights. He was like, I don't know. We game planned for them and we didn't see it going this way. We felt like it was mm-hmm. going to go very differently. And, you know, the great part about that was though, uh, after that year, both programs went on very different trajectories. We shot up and they dropped off rather quickly. Mm-hmm. What was it you felt like in that magical 2015 season transferring over to that? What was the big difference? Cause that team just refused to lose and went into every game expecting to win. It was just uh, a, a type of chemistry that's just hard to explain. Um, it's, this isn't to uh, bash any guys that were before me, but um, I mean, I'll just be honest. When I was a freshman with uh, coming in, it's not that they were disrespectful anyway, but there did it did feel like there was just some sort of like distance between you know the guys who have been there, done that, you know. Oh, you're in the front of the line, move in the back. I'm sitting here. We're about to start lift stuff like that. Where it's just mm. like 
um, they they were great, talented guys. But um, I just really felt, and I don't know if freshmen might think otherwise, but I just really felt that we were just so close knit um, from top to bottom, uh, senior to freshman. You know, we weren't guys that were going to just scream at a dude just because it was his first year in, and you know, um, not have any type of accountability for ourselves as well. And when we kind of took that, um, I would say that mantra of the Iowa edge to the slight edge approach from the book that we um, took on um, from Coach Ferentz gave us from, uh, I think his name was Jeff Olson. It was just the moral of that book was to do the little things daily and eventually it would lead to the larger successes. And we just bought into that. Guys who were just there consistently, guys that, you know, one guy was getting down on something, they would be right, uh, raised up. And I just really felt that on all levels, we were just so close, so tight knit. And, you know, it didn't matter what came our way. We just weren't ready to quit on each other. And that's what, you know, showed out for the um, 12 and 0 run. You were definitely, from outside looking in, one of the leaders in the locker room uh, and one of the guys that everybody looked to uh, for direction. Uh, I want to talk about, obviously, the whole Nebraska Hawks nest theme, about the game against Nebraska toward the end of that year. And I need you to know, I almost lost my life because of one of your runs um, in Memorial stadium, I invested and in, I'm like, okay, I just feel like this is our year. Cause we hadn't beaten them really for a while. And mm-hmm. going into it, I'm like, I don't care. I, I got seats on the front row on the 50 yard line. Surprisingly, they weren't that expensive. They were like a hundred bucks a pop. So mm-hmm. for seats like that, you think they're going to go for 300 each, you know, like they're going to be a yeah. lot more than that. So, you broke off one of your runs in the third quarter. You had two really big runs, like a 34 yard run. And I want to say like a 63 yard run. And after that, that uh, 63 yard run, I was jumping up and down going crazy. And a lady, um, they had, they apparently must've had a player go down with an injury when you took mm-hmm. off down the field and I'm jumping up and down and I'm in a sea of red, you know, I'm yeah, by yeah. myself <laughs> with a friend of mine and, all of a sudden I hear a ruckus behind me and there's a, a, a lady that had been heavily overserved and climbing down the rows after me, cussing me out. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Out saying, you're going to die. You know, you piece of crap, Hawkeye fan. After, <laughs> after your big run. And yeah. it was like, he was cheering for one of our guys getting hurt. And I'm like, lady, you're insane. Like we just broke yeah. off a huge run. Like, you know, we're super excited about it. And mm-hmm. she was super pissed off, but oh, luckily man. most of the Nebraska <laughs> fans were like, get out of here. Or we're calling security. And mm-hmm. you know, they were, they were all pretty cool after that. But walk us through that game because, you know, that game did not really feel like we had that fully in hand till there wasn't very much left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a really cold game, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Walk everybody through what that was like getting through that game and, and the feeling of finally getting that Heroes game trophy. I mean, even just the buildup of that game was, I would say, a tougher challenge than the rest of the games because – um, just winning game after game after game after game and just focusing on, you know, the next game, the next game, putting that win in the box. Um, uh, Coach Ferentz would always say, you know, uh, focusing on the next. But when we beat Purdue, we clinched the West Division and um, we were already clinched our spot in the Big Ten Championship. So it, I felt that it was much more of a challenge to kind of make sure we didn't keep our foot. We didn't take our foot off the gas and to fully prepare for this next team. And that's what we would say to ourselves. We're like, we're like, fellas, let's not forget that one, this is a trophy game. And two, we have the chance to go first time in school history, 12 and 0. So this is not any reason for us to stop now. And, um, you know, game prep was great. Guys were just as focused as ever, but that game was a tough one. I mean, for it to be, a, you know, senior night for them, last home game, last game of the regular season, we expected them to come out. They had some good players and they had um, a lot of good talent on that team too. And it was a nice, it was a physical battle. 
but yeah, just towards that end, towards the second half, you know, we, you know, always preach on having good uh, conditioning and making sure we finished all the way down to the last second of the fourth quarter. And, you know, it showed that we uh, started to separate our defense made a lot of good plays, a lot of turnovers. I think we had what, like three or four interceptions that game. And, you know, yeah. they, they really showed out for us as an offense and, you know, we handled it when we had to, you know, my two touchdowns were, you know, I got to say easy for me. My line just blocked it. Perfect. My fullback just <laughs> led the way. And all I had to do is run down the sideline. And, uh, so definitely grateful for that. And then um, late another touchdown, you know, the, icon- the iconic George Kittle hands oh, out yeah. wide, you know, touchdown. So, you know, we just all were in sync, you know, what we've been trying to do all season. So it was a great win and definitely a nice uh, way to end the regular season. What was it like playing with that guy? Because I really don't feel, feel like when he was at Iowa, we got the full dosage of what he was capable of as a human being or as a football player, because it almost seemed like we must've kept the lid on that guy a little bit, because as soon as he got into the NFL, it was like he flourished. Uh, what, what was it like? What was he like as a person and a player and a teammate? Great guy. Um, super funny. Always had like a nice cheery type uh, attitude and, you know, easy to be around. And, you know, I would be lying to myself if I didn't say that, he's definitely surprised me. Um, I, it's not to say that he wasn't a great athlete. I knew he was a good tight end. He showed it. I mean, I think it was like my senior year when we played against Maryland, he had that diving one handed catch. And, you know, he, even when we would do conditioning, you know, he could have been, even though he was running with semis, which is, you know, tight ends, linebackers, uh, fullbacks, uh, quarterbacks, you know, he could have easily been running with us, skill guys, uh, running backs, receivers, DBs, you know, he was fast, always fast. So um, to now see what he's doing, you know, very happy for him for his success. And he's just a hard worker and he's a humble guy too, humble guy and just loves the game. So really happy to see the success that he's had. Yeah, he's he's a character and it's fun. He's really gotten out in social media and he's got a big passion for professional wrestling. So it's oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. He ended like last season. He had to end one of the press conferences early because he's like, I got tickets to Monday Night Raw tonight. I got to go. Like, do you mm-hmm. guys need anything? And I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Like how like, mm-hmm. and people like him because he's so genuine. He you is. know, he, yeah, he just. And it's so- funny that it was actually uh, like a full circle type of deal where um, back home. Um, I had a buddy of mine who was playing football and uh, some things happened for him that he had to stop. And he kind of went through that phase of, you know, who am I? And he always had a love for wrestling, always had, you know, a dream to play in the, uh, to uh, perform and play and be, you know, a WWE all-star wrestler. And um, I actually mentioned to him, I said, Hey, so I'm actually really good friends with a guy named Steve Manders. Uh, he's actually, you know, part of the black and brave Seth Rollins. Um, uh, um, camp out there um, and he's been doing really well like I should hook you up with them and so they've been talking and he and I drove out with them and now he's actually been wrestling and he his name is uh, Conan Lycan to the point that we were just catching up a couple of days ago and he's like oh so I, me and Manders are talking and he said that George really wants to like see me perform that he like likes like he loves watching me and I was like yeah George like loves awesome. love wrestling and you know so it'll be cool one day that maybe the four of us can all you know meet up and be together and you know just again just those connections that you never know what can come so you know definitely cool there's no in between with people they either hate it and think it's the dumbest thing in the world or they're like okay this this is the greatest thing ever and you know if if you watch it for what it is it's an exhibition of of you know athletic ability and it's a show with a predetermined Mm -hmm. ending but those guys that that do that are some of the best athletes in the world they do some amazing things and Mm -hmm. it's pretty cool it's fun to watch i'm definitely you know i would say a mid-level fan different points in my life i've been you know, pretty, and I got into it at a younger age, but not, not as mm-hmm. much now. Uh, wanted to tell you something that we were all pretty big into. Wanted to ask about the uh, Big Ten championship game uh, mm-hmm. and probably the longest drive in the history known to man that Michigan State made there at the end. Uh, wanted to see if you could walk us through that game, what the feeling was like in the locker room on the sideline and what the feeling was like on the sideline during that last drive that seemed to last forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was tough uh, during the game. I mean, we were focused as ever. We were hyped. And, you know, it's it's something that is tough to – obviously, you just got to continue to push on, and then it's the next 
man in. Parker Hesse did an amazing job at his possession. But, you know, not having a guy like Drew Ott was, uh, you know, a tough loss for our defense. You know, he definitely, at least I believe, he would have been a first-round draft pick if he was able to finish the rest of his uh, season. And um, just a great athlete, hardworking guy. But, you know, we were ready. We were ready for Michigan State. We game plan, you know, good for him. And it was a tough, close game. And for me, it was very, you know, tough and personal for me to, I think it was my second handoff for me to have my second high ankle sprain of the year. And it was my other ankle. And, uh, you know, in my head, I'm just like, okay, can't catch a break. Like, I don't know, da, da, da. but it, you know, coaches asked me, they're like, can you go? Can you play? And I, as much as I wanted to go out there, as much as I wanted to keep playing, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to play to my potential 100%. So, I trust in these guys and I looked right at LaShawn and Akram and I was like, you guys got this. Like I trust in them and you know, they're capable, but that last drive. Yeah, it was, it was tough, heartbreaking, you know, for us to have that amazing, beautiful play that, you know, Hawk fans, I'm sure will never forget from CJ to, you know, Tavon Smith, oh, wow. a little dab in the end zone, you know, oh. it, was, it really felt like things were swinging in our favor, but you know, they had some penalties that went their way, some, you know, huge, huge third down conversions. And then just that last drive where, you know, can't take away from it, can't change the pass. But, I mean, if you look at the film, I'm going to say that there was a big old hold on Josie Jewell. But, you know, yeah, got to deal with it. And it was it was tough. It was tough. So um, something, you know, you just got to see those blessings that um, I – told a lot of people said it in a lot of interviews and told media that even though it was one of the toughest things that I had to go through as an Iowa Hawkeye um, losing the big 10 championship and even losing the Rose bowl, just to see the amount of support we had, the fact that there wasn't like a huge wave of fans that just went out and left and didn't care. The fact that we received a standing ovation. Um, I just don't think you can get, any type of a fan base. I don't think that's like any university, any college, anywhere in the country that we had people that travel the way they do support us the way they do show love the way they do. And again, for us to lose and get just as loud of a cheer as we would have, if we won, you know, that's something I'll never forget. I, I was there and I know when uh, Tavon caught that pass, I have never experienced a feeling like that in my life being in an indoor stadium and felt like the place was going to collapse. It mm -hmm. was so loud that it was vibrating and I, it, it was amazing. And like, you know, like you said, going, going through the end of that game, you just felt like your heart had been ripped out and, mm -hmm. you know, all of the players, you know, and all the fans, we felt like, how much prouder could we have been of you guys, of you guys the way you fought and the way you stuck through and, and battled in that game? I, as a fan base, I don't think there's, you know, coming out of a loss, there's no way we could have been any prouder and happier that, you know, our team went out there and represented the university and the state in such a great manner. And you guys fought like hell. Um, you know, like you said, that last drive, it was tough, but um mm -hmm. You know, we're going to close that chapter. We're not going to talk about that anymore. Hey, well, they, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, we appreciate people like you more than you know. So thank you for that. Really, really appreciate that. Uh, you get, we appreciate you guys a hell of a lot, too. You bring a lot of joy and excitement into our lives. And, you know, in, in Iowa, there's no pro team. The Hawks are our pro team. And no matter mm -hmm. what Iowa State wants to say, they're the... There's a little brother, and they're always going to be. Mm -hmm. Maybe even look. I don't know. They're pretty good right now. They they've really taken a step up. Matt Campbell's one oh, yeah. football coach. He is a yeah, damn definitely good coach. Can't, yeah, can't deny that. But uh, you know, we uh, I would say to people, you know, get I'll get the heat. I don't care. But you know, if we beat Iowa State, it was just another notch on our record. Yeah. We we're focusing on the next game. But if they beat us, it was like their whole year, their whole season. So, yeah, it's like that little teeny brother type of vibe. But, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. They're, they're doing good. So definitely can't deny that. That's why we can't stand their fans though so much because they always say at the beginning of every year, we don't care if we lose every single game. But as long as we beat Iowa, that's all we care about. And I'm like, eat mm -hmm. shit. All right. I will, like, I will say though that I when I first came out my freshman year, I was very surprised. Everyone's like, Oh, wait till you see this rivalry, wait till you see this energy. I was like, Yeah, all right, cool. I'm from New York. I don't know. And we're walking out onto the field, and I swear this little kid, probably like eight or nine or something, runs up. I was, Iowa sucks. <laughs> and hawks a loogie on one of my teammates. I was like, Oh, oh wow. 
<laughs> it's like a little kid, but I was just like, wow. And then what, two years later when people broke in the locker room, stole a bunch of our teammates stuff. And yeah. You know, so, you know, what can you do? But glad that at least, you know, senior year, we got that trophy. Classy move guys. Stealing from the locker room. Classy, classy. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Well, they, they're going to have to pay, <laughs> pay the price down the road for that. Karma sucks. So I wanted to talk to you about your experience at the granddaddy of them all getting to go to the Rose bowl. Now the game we all know didn't turn out like we wanted it to. Um, It sucked losing the big 10 championship like we did, but Mm -hmm. that next day, the news of being able to go to the Rose bowl is a pretty good consolation prize. Um, I thought it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life, but I can't even imagine as a player, it had to been, tenfold better uh tell us about your experience at the rose bowl everything leading up to it and uh just the game itself who i mean leading up to it was fun <laughs> there was <laughs> not a moment of one just the facility that we were able to practice was great and uh you know, just to be able to, you know, practice some good weather, nice location. That was great. But uh, just the things that the bowl committee lined up for the teams were really fun for us to have the like um, prime rib event where we had a big dinner and they literally like tallied up who had who ate the most pound of uh, prime rib. And obviously we won, uh, you know, can't <laughs> no one can eat more than our uh, Iowa linemen and D linemen out here. But uh, uh, also leading up to when we went to is it? Disney World, I think that's it. Disney, Disneyland in California. Land? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was able to um, be a part of the media uh, core where there was a good select of us that uh, had to go on stage with the other players and the other coach with Ferrance and, you know, do all the rah rah ray with all the, you know, Disney characters on stage. But we got to do uh, backstage access to all the rides. So, you know, we had nice. the ESPN crew, camera crew watching us. Um, you know, going on all these backdoor rides, getting all this VIP access, that was super fun and cool to experience. And um, cameras even on the rides that we were on. So I hope that, you know, I didn't make too much of a punk low face, but uh, <laughs> it was a cool experience. But also one fun thing that is something I'll never forget. Uh, they we were able to go to I think it was Hollywood Improv Comedy Club. Oh, cool. Yeah. And uh, one of um, the mc came out and said hey we actually have uh 15 20 minutes to kill before we start the show if anybody's brave enough come on up and one of our characters of the group uh everyone always loved when he was around darian cooper all right tackle went up on stage and i should have knew it was coming but all of a sudden he just gets up there everyone's you know cheering for him it goes on he goes Kanzari and everyone just starts dying laughing because one thing that a lot of people didn't know in the locker room it was all fun and games you know we always did the guy stuff you know wrestling messing with each other dancing all the good stuff cracking jokes but me and Darian Cooper were was just would be the like show of the <laughs> show of the <laughs> locker room where he would just start coming at me like making funny jokes I would come at him making funny jokes we'd always burn each other just had a good love and we're still really close to this day but it was fun and we both got on stage tried our little stand-up acts and you know that was again something I'll never forget so it was it was a cool time cool experience not the outcome we wanted but you know it was something you'll never forget. No, we were lucky that uh, I told Cole Fisher the same story, but when we were at the Big Ten Championship, they had this little booth set up where you could take pictures with the Rose Bowl and the Rose Bowl. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Come one, shop all at the JCPenney Friends and Family Sale. Through Wednesday, use your 30% off coupon inside the JCP app and shine on with up to 60% off diamond solitaires and studs. Plus, get carried away with up to 70% off luggage from Samsonite, American Tourister, Skyway, and more. Anyone shops, everyone saves. 
We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 12-7. Offers reflect after coupon savings. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. The background and there it was from BMW and they're like, oh, you know, you're going to, you could win a chance to, uh, to go to the Rose Bowl. And we're like, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Like, I don't, you know, one of my buddies is like, let's just do it. You know, what the hell? And so we leave, we do the picture, we sign it up and he gets a call two weeks later that we won three tickets to the Rose Bowl and mm-hmm. um, three, um, the three night stay in like a $1,500 a night hotel. It's like the oh, nicest wow. hotel I've ever seen in my life. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. And then uh, we amazing, got yeah. access to the VIP tailgate beforehand, which we did not fit in at all. <laughs> We're wearing our, um, I had my Iowa 33 Kanziri jersey on that I made and we're like slamming beers <laughs> and there's like ice sculptures of like an Iowa helmet and a Stanford yep. helmet behind us. And we're like taking shots and like these people like in dress slacks and sport mm. coats are looking at us we're like, Hey, maybe we better go tailgate with the regular folk. This yeah. isn't really for us. We're just, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, we're at the Rose Bowl. We're going to live it up and have a good time, but have to it was a super cool experience for us i mean Mm -hmm. uh what was it like on the sidelines watching uh mccaffrey you know that Mm -hmm. guy is another breed i mean i cannot Mm -hmm. believe what he did to us i thought just typically obviously you don't play defense but with as good as our defense has been over the years i felt good going into that game thinking okay they're gonna game plan for this guy and Mm -hmm. apparently that's just a guy you can't game plan for what what was the vibe on the sidelines when he was just shredding us up I mean, it's, he is a freak and, uh, blessed to have the genetics that he did from his parents. I think his mom was a Stanford sprinter and his dad is in the NFL. So, yeah. you know, definitely, you know, blessed with that. But I went up to him after the game was even like, Hey, bro, great athlete. Keep it up, man. Excited to see what you do. And it was, it was tough. I mean, it was, it was something again where it's just hard. You never know, you know, the type of athlete you'll face. And, you know, one comes that is like his type of caliber and, it was something that we did game plan for. And, um, you know, Coach Ference, we even watched on film this one play where against USC, he caught a slant and went for, I think, 80 yards, but they they caught him. And, uh, you know, we game plan for that. We're like, watch out when he's out there. He might do this. But, you know, um, he was still able first play of the game, rip that. And, you know, it's, it's something that I'm not going to, like, sit and say that it's the reason why we lost and excuses here and there. But, like, the, the, that field is very different. The grass was very different. Mm. You know, you can see on film, we had guys slipping over that I would have never thought I'd see really falling over the way they were. But, you know, it was something we just had to deal with. And, you know, we lost. They were a great team. They played great um, ball on both sides and they had a lot of good talent. So, you know, just the experience to be able to go um, to, you know, be in that locker room, to walk out to that stadium, especially for, you know, when I was growing up, I loved watching Reggie Bush and to see him in that Rolls Bowl against Vince Young, you know, that was iconic for me to, so to be on that same field, you know, is definitely something I'll never forget. And it's something that it's tough for, you know, on the side of the athlete, you try to push out, you know, the notion of the whole game because you're just thinking about the loss, but you gotta, you know, see the blessing that, you know, not many kids get that opportunity. Not many, you know, get to grow up and play big time football and go and play in at a stadium like that with that type of experience. So, you know, I'm definitely happy with the career that I had at Iowa. Well, that that's really interesting to find out about the field and the difference because that stuff is fans that we don't know anything. We don't know about that. You know, if the players don't pass that information on that's stuff that could make a major difference. That's like playing on a basketball court. That's super slick and dusty or, you know, something like that. It, it affects your whole entire game. And, your whole mm-hmm. approach and, and how, how you perform. So that, that I mean, that's that, like you said, it's not an excuse, but it definitely probably played a part in how, how different yeah. things turned out. I thought yeah. it was really interesting that um, after that season, uh, you guys were given rings to commemorate the season. And I thought those mm-hmm. were the sickest rings I've ever seen. Those were really badass. It got a lot of crap. Um, everybody did throughout social media. Nebraska fans were like, Oh, only at Iowa, do you get a ring for a consolation prize for not winning? That mm-hmm. was a, a big thing from Husker fans that they, they were mm-hmm. really putting out there in the Nebraska media. Um, do you still have your ring? Oh yeah. You know, to Nebraska jealousy sure kills and you know, I know they're mad, but yeah, got it right here. You know, hopefully let me see if, uh, there we go. Oh, that's beautiful. Lighting a little bit. 
But yeah, I mean, for people to say that, obviously, it's not so much. I am terrible with this camera. There we go. Uh, for people to just say that, you know, focusing on the point that we lost is like, yeah, it's true. But this is just a memor- type of memorabilia for us. Like it has the four um, trophies we won, has our yeah. you know logo and everything, West Division champs, and then the Rolls Bowl there. It's like it's a memory. You know, I'm yeah. not, I'm, and that's to the person. I'm not going to wear this and be flashing it like, yo, look at this baby. Like, yeah, oh, you win the Rose Bowl? No, but like, I'm proud of this. I'm proud of the season we had. I'm proud you of what we be. accomplished 12 and 0, you know, four trophies. One of them is Nebraska, so they can take that. But, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, haters are going to hate, but, you know, what we did was something that we'll always be proud of. And we're happy to hear you know, what we were able to provide for the fan base and, you know, just the memories we have from that experience with each other is, you know, something that I don't care what people say, but I'm a rep it and be happy for it. I would too. That's a sick ring. That was a great season. So like you, you you said it perfectly, you know, it's just to commemorate the memory. You're able to make the, you know, big 10 championship and geez, what was it? Half a yard away from winning and, you know, Mm -hmm. made made it to the Rose bowl and had an awesome experience there. I think it's cool. And I think you should rep it and you should be proud of it because you guys had a great season and you worked your asses off and Mm -hmm. nobody has to answer to that, but you, that's your Mm -hmm. ring. You know, you do what you want with it. Exactly. Uh, Hey, thank you. Now I might have to rock it tonight. (laughs) Do it, man. (laughs) Wear that with pride. I sure as hell would if I had. That's a beautiful ring, man. I wish they made a replica (laughs) version for fans. It's like I'd be rocking that all over the place. It's Mm -hmm. it's it's one of the coolest coolest uh, sports slash you know championship rings I've ever seen before. So I might be a little biased, but it's pretty sick. No, it definitely is a beautiful one. So you know, definitely nice to have and. When I first had it, my father took it, put it right in his safe because he's like, Mm-mm, not going to lose this one because no. I actually lost my Rolls Bowl watch when I was at my Kansas City Chiefs camp. So, oh, no. Yeah. So, you know, I, now I have to be extra, you know, protective of that one. So, OK, well, um, I don't want to admit, but I at one point over the years purchased a Rose Bowl watch from that season so hey if it is mine i'm glad that it got put in the right hands so (laughs) hey if 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 you really need it back i want it to be where it belongs so you message me after this and we can set something up oh no you keep that you rep it you're you're much deserved i was pretty pretty excited i I wear that with a lot of pride too so that was a a pretty awesome thing but you you really played with some characters during the time when you were there a lot of really larger than life personalities and i always like to ask guys because like you kind of talked about the field at the Rose Bowl. There's a lot of really interesting, hilarious, um, shocking things that happen on the practice field, in the locker room, in the weight room, different things like that. What are some of your most memorable moments from Iowa? Could even be just one that, you know, the regular fan wouldn't know about. Oh, well, the generic answer that is still very, you know, heartfelt and true regardless how many times an athlete says it is just the you know moments of just being in the locker room with each other just cracking jokes you know it's something that you just look over that it's so subtle and simple but you know you miss it miss it when you know you're done with college you know out in the real world having to deal with all the you know big boy big man responsibilities now and you know everything but you know those experiences and never forget the dancing every time we had a win you know i was you know, some people might be like, oh, put your phone down. But I recorded almost every single win in the locker room where, you know, just to see us celebrating and just so I can look back at those. And I even had guys who are like, yo, send me those, send me those. So it's like really cool to have and see that. But one thing that I will give a story about, which All I right. actually am unsure that I've ever told this in an interview. So is that the old facility? where we uh you know we had our shower room bathroom and then it was was right split in the middle and either side were lockers and on my end you know we had the bench part so you could sit you know lift that up put shoes and everything over and then huge huge locker that a guy like me you know not the biggest can sit in and um when uh old teammate johnny loudermilk he was my locker buddy across and he and he and i was waiting for uh one of my guys to walk by so i was like yo tell me when they walk by and i go into my locker close the doors and as soon as i do that he goes fair just coming fair just coming and i'm like oh and i start to like come out of it and one leg is out and i'm like 
we just pause and make eye contact. Farron just looks at me and goes, little jack-in-the-box, huh? All right. And I just started walking away laughing. I was like, oh, my gosh. I am so embarrassed. Like, just so dumb and small. But I don't even know if he remembers that. But, oh, gosh, my face was so red after that. But he was just like, oh, little jack-in-the-box, huh? Just goes on by his way. So, you know, a lot of fun moments, a lot of good memories, you know, even – you know, rap battles and dancing with guys that, you know, miss dearly like Damon Bullock and uh, Derek Mitchell, you know, just moments with them that you'll never forget to. And they were just great, great, great people. So, um, yeah, just guys that, you know, brothers, the bond you create still talking to each other today. You never know like where life can cross. And even like I said, with George Kittle, you know, he's doing his thing, playing big, playing awesome, doing amazing things for himself. And full circle, one of my buddies from New York is a wrestling fan, and now he's a fan of him. And, you know, never know, we might all be catching dinner with each other someday. So just really cool to be able to have that. That's cool how all those connections are made, especially mm-hmm. with, you know, areas in life where you never expect them to happen. It just shows you how how small of a world it is. Uh Wanted to really ask you also about, um, you know, some different comments that, um, you had made about, um, you know, you had said that there were some times when you were at Iowa where, um, you had thought about transferring multiple times. And I think every player at a division one school, most at least go through, um, some tough times and some, mm-hmm different stages of their career where they're like, is this the place for me? Like, is this working out? Like, should I be here or not? And, you know, you had made a, a few comments that you're like, I wasn't the golden child. I didn't always do everything right. And I, you know, I made some mistakes, which I'll be honest with you really from the outside looking in surprised the heck out of me and a lot of us, because, you know, I, whenever, you know, not that this would be a, you know, a real authentic, you know, look into who you were as a person, but I, I was like, Jordan's such a good dude. Every time I'd, I, I'd hang out after a game and go down to the locker room and you were the most gracious, well-spoken guy. You were super grateful to all the fans that were there. And, you know, the fans really felt like, you know, they were connected to you because you showed that appreciation to fans and, you know, they, they showed it back to you. What, what did you, what did you mean by that? Because, you know, I can attest to, especially when you're in college, like I was an idiot when I was in college. So, I mean, I didn't have the microscope on me like you did. You know, you had the microscope on you and, you know, you're like, Hey, I wasn't perfect. I, you know, made mistakes. I wasn't the golden child. And, mm-hmm. you know, tell us about what you meant by that and and what some of your um, frustrations were that, you, you know, made you think about potentially transferring. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's really just a thing that I feel like you said, everyone kind of goes through regardless where you are in life. You can just really get lost in thought of sitting there thinking like, is this what I should be doing in life? Is this the right place for me? And for me, um, it was the part where I saw, obviously, you know, got my loved ones at home and parents, you know, in my ear, my dad, like, well, all these people online are saying that you should be getting the ball more and like media saying I should get in the ball more and you know I'm just seeing this stuff and you know I was thinking in certain ways at times that you know maybe I was headed out for me or I don't know what it was but yeah I did you know even talk with my parents and thinking about transfer transferring but you know I even say to some of the kids I coach now some of the kids that I mentor and teach now is that um, it's it's just trying to kind of understand that what we do it's just all about what you kind of want to decide on and you it's just about making that decision and not really trying to say what was me and um thinking about all the other outside circumstances just like what do you want to do in this moment and as much as i thought about transferring i was like no i love the friends that i've made the brothers that i've been with the tears the sweat that i put into this program like i'm going to prove that i should be getting the ball more and i'm going to just commit and finish and focus on what i have to do and yeah you know a college kid uh letting certain things get to his head there's points where you know i came in all football 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 nothing's ever going to go my way and then you know break up with the high school ex the one you thought you were going to marry and then different and then partying for the first time type joints things and it's just like you know a lot of factors and a lot of pressure and um it can get to kids so you know i'll never bash someone but it's just about what they do after you know a certain mistake and um, even for me, it was just, you know, something that I tried to, you know, not overlook, but also at the same time, make sure that 
I at least with the mistakes that I made, make sure that the ones behind me and the, even the kids that I mentor and teach now, they can learn some of those lessons before they have to make some of those mistakes for themselves. So I'm um, definitely happy I didn't transfer. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, could sit here and think about what if, what about this, what if this happened, but you know, happy with what happened and, you know, feel so blessed to be able to, you know, rock uh, black and gold. Yeah, well, we're certainly happy that you didn't transfer to. And, you know, I think a lot of people can relate with that growing up and, you know, going through that that time in life and you're, you're busting your butt. And sometimes if, you know, things just don't go your way, you're like, screw it. You know, party, it's party. It says, I'm going to go somewhere where they're going to appreciate me. And then you let let those feelings kind of sit for a while and they mellow out. And then you start to see things a little bit more clearly um, mm-hmm. without making a, a rash decision like that. So I think we can all put ourselves in, you know, your shoes and see where you were coming from on that. Cause you know, we've, we've all been there, man. I know I have mm-hmm. for sure. And, you know, when I was in college, you know, I was definitely not anywhere near in the spotlight like you were, but you know, I, thought about transferring multiple times because I was frustrated with little things at at school. So we can all understand that completely. I need Mm -hmm. to know about this was wild. To me, it was wild. You played pro football in Kobe, Japan. How Mm -hmm. cool was that? Like, how did that opportunity come up? Uh, And what was it like playing football over there? It was really cool experience. I mean, it uh, wasn't as different as what I actually thought it would be where you know, the only real big difference was you can only have four non-Japanese players on a team, two on offense, mm. two on defense. And um, one thing as well, you had to cover tattoos. And it was funny that I like literally just got a tattoo that like I literally like drew myself. Not this nice. The artist made it a lot nicer, but just some of my favorite Bible verses that meant a lot for me. And um, I was like, OK, now I can finally rock a tattoo. And they're like, no, nope, yeah. got to cover. It's just a rule for them. But um, it was the same rules in football as college. So, you know, it was an easy transition in play, at least. But the one thing that I thought was a little funny um, was the competition was still very um, a, a high and elite. Um, but one of my first scrimmages I played, there was this uh, player, um, Japanese player who on kickoff, I was on kickoff return blocking for Sean Draper, you know, uh, another Iowa guy who we went out together and uh, he went out first and I followed suit, but um, uh, he just completely took me out by my legs and I got up. All right. All right, man. Just, you know, pissed off, mad and like flipping yeah. out and stuff. It's like, all right, next time, next time. And, um, you know, after it came, I think it was like, it went to halftime and they kicked off again. He came up to me and was like, uh, last play um i i did that i'm i'm sorry and like apologize so it's like don't apologize to me yeah. i was like we could be cool after the game but during the game like i'm, I'm trying to see you as my opponent and not, oh. nothing else so i was like i don't know if you're trying to get in my head and like take my edge off but you know they were respectful they were um really nice inviting and people were you know very interested to hear you know the backgrounds where we came from and even the college kids um, I even gave this example to kids that I was talking to up at uh, my high school practice field today that um, they're university students. We got to go help out and coach. And even though I'm only a year, maybe two years older than some of these kids, every time they saw me, they bowed just a sign of respect. But before they would even step on the field, they would bow because they knew once they stepped one foot on, it was time to work and nothing else. And I just really respected that work ethic. That's cool. And, you know, it was just cool to see that, you know, I also didn't think I would like the cuisine as much, but found all different types of food. I found a really good Italian spot, really good uh, Mexican spot. Some people hate when I say this, but I also had some of the best steak in my life there. All right. But, you know, it was really cool experience and blessing to be able to go out there. First year was bitter, you know, because I'm seeing myself as should have been in the NFL, broke my hand in the Kansas City Chiefs camp. And while I was out there, I actually tore my ACL, my second game in Japan. Okay. Um, but it was a good experience to humble me. I needed it. Um, I, again, was just very bitter. But once I had that, I just really had the time to sit back and reflect and be like, you know what? Not many people get this opportunity. I'm living in a foreign land. I'm getting treated well, and I'm with even some good friends of mine. I need to just experience it and be and just fully unveiled in, in it. And um, the following year, um, last thing I'll say is it was really cool because still playing with Sean, 
he brought out a, a good friend of his that he grew up with through high school who played at Cincinnati, became cool with him. And then okay. I brought out a buddy of mine that I played Pop Warner football with and went to a D3 school, transferred and ended up uh, starting for two years at Virginia Tech on offensive line. And uh, he got injured in his NFL camp and he got came out with me, too. So we were both able to bring good um, old friends of ours to Japan, have them experience and just all four of us would practice, play, hang out and travel. It was just a really cool experience. So something that I wish to definitely visit and go back. Did you have much of a social life when you were there? Did you get to go out and, and do many things? Like- a little too much. Well, well, <laughs> Can you hear me? I broke up broke up a little bit. I can hear you a little bit now, but I think you asked um how it was it like living there? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like did, you said, you got to go out, live the social life a little bit. I don't know if you had mm-hmm. a girlfriend when you went there. Did you get to hang out with some ladies, or did you not really do that? They, I would. We honestly had a little too much downtime, where we only practiced on the weekends because um, it was like Friday, Saturday, and then if we had a game um, Saturday or Sunday, we practiced like one day earlier. But it was because each team was actually owned by a company. So some of the like larger names that you'd recognize are like Fujitsu, or like Fujitsu, IBM, um, Mitsubishi. Um, they were just some of the bigger teams that had a little more money. And our team, you know, is a good team, but I would say we're on a little bit of the lower end with getting like the top level type um, Japanese recruits leaving universities because, you know, it was a good company, but it was only in Japan. So, you know, they probably just didn't have the funds to be able to go out and pay and, and grab certain guys because those players worked for that company unless they already had a really good job going for themselves. But us foreigners, we just got our visa that we worked for the company. But we just practiced and then trained on our own and had a lot of downtime. So it was cool that I was able to experience and travel and all the guys, you know, I was the one that learned the Japanese and a good amount to be able to speak, travel, understand and listen to people. And I was the one that was like, hey, I just found this really cool food spot. We need to go. Oh, I just found this really cool temple on this hill. Like we need to go. Like I was the one exploring, finding it, letting them know and then bringing them. So it's definitely cool. But. Uh, yeah, it was fun. The nightlife, I will admit, was something to <laughs> spectate as well, because I thought in America we partied. But, you know, out there, I think it was almost every bar was open and club was open till like seven in the morning because wow. most people travel by train and the last trains would run at like 12 or midnight or like 1230. And if you missed it, the next train wasn't there until like 5.36 a.m. So you were like, oh. all right, guess I got to stay out. And uh, me and Sean, the first night I went out there, uh, we had teammates that brought us out and showed us. And I didn't know we were doing that. But literally just the first time to go from light to light, <laughs> I was just like, uh, OK, back to, you know, just focusing on football. But it was it was cool. You know, everyone was very, like I said, inviting Never saw any violence, never saw fights, never really had people, you know, pick on me for being an American. People would just ask me where I was from and were interested. And everyone loved, you know, hearing I was from New York, assuming I was from the city. Didn't say no. But, you know, (laughs) it was it was a really cool experience. And I have a lot of good friends. I made a lot of good friends still from the team. I met a lot of people that were from different countries. So I now have friends from Brazil, Spain. Uh, Finland, um, Australia, England, and just to be able to now have those connections in different places is something that, you know, I hope to at point once, you know, this pandemic and all things are over and we can travel normal again, that I'll able to, you know, take up some of my friends on those opportunities and visit. That sounds like such an awesome experience that not very many people would ever in their lifetime get to experience. So Mm -hmm. that's very cool. And I'm sure you got a lot of stories in your back pocket that you 
you know, you're going to hold on to for quite a while and think in your head like, oh, that was, that was a good time. That was fun. What are you up to now, man? Like, what do you got going on? Uh, you're back in New York now. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing for work and uh, where exactly in New York are you right now? Yeah, so uh, back in my hometown, Troy, New York, uh, about 20 minutes away from the capital, Albany, two and a half minute, uh, two and a half minutes, two and a half hours up from New York City. That's mm-hmm. what I have to tell most people. <laughs> but uh, um, I, I've been doing it for the past uh, two to three years. Uh, my old offensive lineman coach is the principal at an alternative learning program school for at-risk youth in our neighborhoods where kids that are like kicked out of their original schools um, behavioral issues, you know, just from bad upbringings or, you know, have experienced, you know, trauma from their upbringings. And we get a lot of those kids. And so I've been able to be an all subject tutor there where I travel with a certain core group um, of kids and I help them with all their subjects, try as best as possible to make sure all of them are passing. But then a big portion of it was just that mentorship, just being able to prove to these kids why school is worth it, why you know, the system isn't something that's trying to fail them to trust these teachers that are there for them and not to see them as just everyone else has ever thrown them to the side. And it was just a cool experience to be able to be a part of that humbling to see these kids, you know, grow to some of the places that they are now. And then um, doing that, I also worked with an after school program that's at um, our Troy Middle School, the uh, regular public middle school uh, called My Brother's Keeper where it's another just mentorship program where we emphasize character education, again, making sure that our kids are passing and just teaching them some of those core lessons while getting to before the pandemic, bring them to experiences that they never be able to. Like we had trips down to New York City, you know, bringing them to college trips to get them to experience and want to, you know, see the bigger picture to want to go to college and all that. So really cool, humbling experiences doing that. And then I'm personal training kids right now, speed and agility. Um, And last but not least, I work with a social media company called Two Buttons Deep, where we highlight, you know, and showcase different things happening in our capital region. And it's just really cool to be able to be a part of the community and, um, you know, showcase different things. Like one of our recent events, we were sponsored by Miller Lite where we did a um, musician showcase where we had online performances that you could tip the performers since obviously during the pandemic, they, you know, a lot of people that did that for a living took a lot, you know, a lot of hardships, you know, so we were able to help back in that way. And then another thing we're doing now to help um, small restaurants is called Big Tip Energy, where we go, we um, highlight where their place is, their background. And then for 24 hours, we have an open donation in Venmo. And I think the first week we aimed for 250. We got, um, I think it was like maybe 700 something dollars. The nice. second week we aimed for again, 250. We hit $1,200. And then this third week, which was a really cool one because um, they, while we were doing this promotion, I think they had a loss in their family and staff. So they actually had to close down for a little and, you know, obviously lose even more income. And we were able to, again, shooting for 250, we reached 2,700. Wow. So um, it's just, you know, another cool experience to be able to give back and be a part of that while at the same time learning how to edit videos, uh, produce and, you know, record and be a personality. So it's, it's, it's been a lot. It's been a ton of fun, but not, not done. You're busy dude, man. You got a lot going on. I try. It's uh, a lot for the buildup, not my end result of what I eventually want to do, but, um, it's, you know, I can't say that I haven't had a, you know, a good run right now. And a lot of experiences that have been able to teach me good lessons, but also humble. I could definitely see you being one of the guys on, you know, the Big Ten Network, breaking down games, talking about, you know, breaking down film. I think you would mm-hmm. do awesome on there. You're a super well-spoken guy, and you'd represent the black and gold extremely well. So uh, appreciate that. And one thing I'm uh, about to launch soon and, um, you know, hoping that it goes really well is a podcast called The Underdog Edge. And uh, what kind of it spoke to me about was really just something my mother said to me was um, when I was younger, again, I had all these people that would tell me I was not big enough, too slow, and I tried to prove them wrong, got to a certain other level, played well. Oh, well, you can't run like that. You got to stop running like that. You won't be able to run like that in varsity. 
had more doubters. Did it still ran like that? And then varsity had all the accolades, all the awards, best running back in the state. Uh, I don't know if you should go to Iowa, probably won't play till your senior year, went out, played freshman year. And it was always expectations that I was having to reach, but then for myself, just wanting to prove people wrong and do something for me. So I just was like, I should, you know, buy into this underdog, this underdog type story. Who doesn't love an underdog story? Rocky, you know, oh, yeah. you know, things like that just really hits deep and um, resonates. So I want to be that influence for kids that, you know, it's possible. I'm not the biggest running back, wasn't the tallest, wasn't the most, wasn't the strongest, wasn't the fastest, but I just believed as hard as I could that I would make it to a certain point and I was able to, you know, have a good career. You know, I could again say, what was me? Wish that the NFL panned out in different ways and didn't have as many injuries as I had. But, you know, there's no point to dwell on that other than just realizing, realizing again, I was blessed with things that a lot of other athletes wish that they could have. And so I can't, you know, look over that fact of just the things that I wish I could have done. So really excited for that. Um, and eventually want to make that into a business, but don't want to give too much detail into that yet. All right. Might be moving back to Iowa. We'll see. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of the doors are open right now and I'm, and I'm excited. Hey, when something breaks on that and you want to get it out there, we'd love to have you back on to talk about it. Cause we, uh, I, I'm sure Iowans would welcome you back with open arms and love to have you back. Cause once a Hawkeye, you're always a Hawkeye. I appreciate that. And you know, it's something I'll never forget and love and, you know, always bleeding black and gold. All right, man. Well, hey, we're super grateful for all the years that you played at Iowa and all the great memories you created. And it definitely is very clear to all of us that you're on a great path and, and are going to be very, very successful. And we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule with everything you have going on to come on Nebraska Hawks Nest and tell us all about what, what Jordan Kinsey is up to, man. And we always end every interview with the Go Hawks. Hey, well, thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it more than you know. And just people like you, fans like you. And again, for where you are and still repping and, you know, making yeah. sure that even though you're in Nebraska, that, you know, I was strong. So thank you so much. And go Hawks. All right, man. Go Hawks. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Come one, shop all at the JCPenney Friends and Family Sale. Through Wednesday, use your 30% off coupon inside the JCP app and shine on with up to 60% off diamond solitaires and studs. Plus, get carried away with up to 70% off luggage from Samsonite, American Tourister, Skyway, and more. Anyone shops, everyone saves. We got your holiday. JCPenney. Offers valid on select items through 12-7. Offers reflect after coupon savings. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details.